Bismillah, alhamdulillah, we salatu salam rasulullah. You're listening to Islam tomorrow. We're broadcasting almost live today. We're here in Upland. We're Upland in California. I wonder if that's a, that sounds like good news, doesn't it? Upland sounds like you're up above the water level. At least if a flood comes, we're okay, right? You guys don't worry about floods as much. I think you got more earthquakes out here than anything, right? Zalzala. You know Zalzala? Earthquakes? Yeah, there's a surah in the Quran called the, uh, something about earthquakes, is it? Yeah. Whoa. When the final earthquake comes, the shaking. Allahu Akbar. This is your host, Yusuf Estes, National Muslim Chaplain, and for the next few minutes we're going to be talking on the subject of the behavior of the Muslim. And this is a big subject which actually could take years to talk about, and we're going to try to do this just in a few minutes. But what is the character of a Muslim? The akhlaq. Is that how you say it? The, the, his behavior. What should it be? Actually, a lot of times we hear in the news about how Muslims are so bad. So what we should do is find out what Muslims are like. We should go to their house and watch them or we should observe them in their daily life. And what is the way of a Muslim? The example for all Muslims is Al-Mustafa, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that's the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him. Is he our example? Yes. And what was his behavior? He was known as As-Sadiq, the spirit of truth, the person who doesn't lie, he only speaks truth. So there's something important, Allah said in the Quran, you who believe fear Allah and what? Always tell the truth. Can a Muslim lie? And ask yourself that. Because some people say, well, you know, if it's a little lie or if it has a good purpose or I could lie because, you know, there's so much other problem will go if I don't lie, blah, blah, blah. So they ask Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessing be upon him, about lying. And they started out by asking him two other things first. They said, what about Joban? Could somebody be Joban and still be a Muslim? Joban is what? A coward. Somebody that runs away in a battle. Could somebody who runs away in a battle still be called a Muslim? He said, yes. And then they said, what about somebody's bakhil? Stingy. He won't give any money to help anything. Could he still be a Muslim? He said, yes. They said, well, what about somebody that's kadib? A liar. He said, no. No, not a believer. A liar is not a believer. So that's a very important part of the character of a Muslim is to always tell the truth. The Prophet taught us, let the one who believes in Allah in the last day either say good or be silent. So this is another facet of the behavior of the Muslim, and that is we don't say bad things. We don't use bad words. We don't say discouraging words. We don't cut people down. And we don't just spread gossip or any foolishness or bad things. We just don't talk about bad things. Not the character of a Muslim. What about talking about people? 
talking about people is called in Arabic ghiba ghiba backbiting talking against somebody you know we're sitting here and we said you know old so and so Abdullah you know uh, he's okay but you know what whenever he drives his car he drives awfully fast and I you know I think he's breaking the speed limit too much and you know he parks kind of funny with his car you know he takes two spaces and you know he pushes in line he does this he does that and uh, I think maybe he steals money or you know, so this is called what? Ghiba and Allah told us in the Quran oh you who believe and this is in Surah Al-Hujurah chapter 49 talking about believers don't do this he said you would hate to eat the flesh of your dead brother so in the same way you should hate this ghiba backbiting you shouldn't do that now look what they're asking they said yeah but what if what we're saying is true he said that's ghiba if it's true otherwise if it's not that's namima that's even worse that's a lie you're spreading gossip that's not even true it's a lie Spreading rumors that are true is forbidden, but lying is even worse and you're not a Muslim anymore. Remember what we said? A khadib, a liar, is not a Muslim. My God. And he told us, sallallahu alayhi about a hypocrite, monafik. The signs of the hypocrite are, uh, are three. Monafik, talat. What are the three signs of the monafik? When he speaks, he lies. When he's entrusted with something, he breaks the trust. Huh? Uh, like you give him any kind of amana, he breaks the trust. And what's the third? It's similar. It's similar. That any time that he promises something, he breaks the promise. And these are three signs of nefak that the Prophet ﷺ said if he has even one sign you can say he has the signs of it but you, if he has all three you can bear witness he is munafik wow so again the character of the Muslim is he doesn't lie he doesn't spread rumors he doesn't break a trust the Prophet ﷺ was famous for keeping a trust when the tribes used to fight amongst each other and kill each other, even if they were one tribe was going to fight his tribe, they would entrust him with their possessions while they fought, knowing that after the fight that he would give it all back. And he always did. This is how much trust everybody had for him. Would somebody say that about me? Would they say that about you? Can I feel comfortable that if people met me and walked away that they would say well this guy you know he lived up to being a Muslim what about in our everyday business dealings maybe you'd like to sell your car or your van and somebody stops by you got a sign on your van and they said oh this is a nice van seems like a pretty fair price how does it run as a Muslim you're not allowed to say oh it's perfect because it's not brand new and you know that you can't say it's like new it's not new you have to say what? you have to say the truth well you know it's an old van and sometimes it shakes and sometimes it rattles and sometimes it rolls <laughs> you know shake, rattle and roll it's a musical van 
But you can't lie. You can't tell the people that, oh, this thing is perfect and it doesn't need anything. Whatever you know about it, you have to say. Because they're asking you. So this is a time when you have to say the truth. You can't just say, well, I'll just be silent. No. Now there's an occasion when we have to say something about somebody. Did you know that? If somebody comes to you and says, well, I'd like to get my daughter married. There's a boy over here who would like to marry my daughter. He's presented himself to me and I consider him to be pretty good, but I don't know him that well. I know that his family's been dealing with your family for some time. Could you tell us about this boy? Now you're, you're not allowed to be silent. You're not allowed to lie, of course. You have to say about this boy. And if you know something that you think is not good that will hurt the girl or hurt their family, you have to say, well, as far as we know, the boy has pretty good except that he is very stingy with his money. I don't think he's going to ever, you know, give your daughter very much to, to live on. They're going to live pretty scarce, sparse. Or if he's mean and kind of abusive, then you have to say, well, he might beat your daughter. Because the prophet, peace be upon him, did do that. He mentioned to a lady who wanted to get married, said, if you marry this man, he might beat you. And if you marry this man, he's going to be so stingy, he won't even be able to eat. That happened. So, he told her about somebody else, and she married the other person. So that's an occasion. Or if somebody wants to do business, and somebody come to you and said, well, you've done business with this man, what do you think? You can't say, oh, he's nice, go ahead. And you know he's going to cheat them. You have to say, no, I dealt with this man and I'm not satisfied with the dealings. I, I felt really bad afterwards. But if you deal with him, it's up to you, but I'm not satisfied. That you're supposed to say because this is truth and you can't, you can't allow somebody to go into something like that and get hurt. All of these are part of the behavior or the characteristics of a Muslim. Obviously, Muslims are not allowed to drink alcohol. We don't eat pork. We don't do drugs. Smoking is not permitted in Islam. These are obvious things. Also, that a Muslim is not going to cheat on his income tax. Now, a lot of people do that in this country and consider that's no big deal because everybody does it. Even if everybody you know, even all the Muslims do it, will that make it okay for you to do it? You can't cheat. I've been doing my own income tax since forever. My dad used to help me with it when I first started. This year when I did my income tax, I was looking at it and I said, you know, I could just pencil through some of this stuff so easy and it won't make any difference because I'm not going to owe any money at the end of it anyway because I didn't make enough money. I could just do that. But if I do, it's not really the truth. So I have to go through and put all of this and all of that. It still come out the same answer. But I have to put it in there because that's what Islam teaches us. And it took me extra days. I, had to, I went over. I went past the deadline. But you know what the good news is for that? When you don't owe any money, there's, there's no problem going past the deadline. Did you know that? If you don't owe any money, you can take up to two years to file it. Why do I not feel like that's a bonus? <laughs> but in any case, I want you to know that Muslims must be straightforward. That's an important thing. The character of Muhammad, 
peace be upon him, was such that he wouldn't lie, cheat, or break an agreement. Now let's come to this. Suppose we make an agreement. We have a written agreement with somebody. We're going to do something on a certain day. Do we have to do it? Well, what if they're kind of cheesy about the way they do stuff? Can I be cheesy too? I mean, they said, well, we're going to deliver the product on the 14th. But they bring it on the 15th, and it wasn't all there until the 16th. And even then, some of it was substituted. But I said, okay, I'll accept it. But I'm supposed to pay for it on the 30th. So I said, well, you didn't bring it the way I wanted it. So I'm going to be cheesy now and give you a check that's only half of it, or a check that bounces, or, you know. Can I do that? No, because I actually I accepted what he, what he gave to me. Well, even if it wasn't all the things he said, I can't come back and change the deal. Now, most of you already know all of this and probably you're better at me than I'm sure you are in your dealings. I want to share with you though that when I first met a Muslim, I was trying to convert him to Christianity and he traveled with me and we did business together. And I think... I think we have the story. We have a video of it with us tonight. If you, anybody wants that story, if you didn't pick it up, get the video for it. It's called Priests and Preachers Entering Islam. You get that video and watch it. Because I'm talking about the person that I was trying to convert to Christianity. But in our business dealings, I saw some amazing things that I had never seen before. We used to put out a display, sample products and things, and then people would stop by. We had every, every kind of product you can imagine beauty aids and you know household items many things and we had a big sale on some stuff it was really cheap stuff and when the people would stop and look at the things of course I would take the oldest merchandise and put it in the front that's just standard every business does that the oldest merchandise goes to the front anything that's been out on display before it's kind of faded or anything get rid of it and I saw him reaching in the back and giving the products from the back of the table to the people. And I said, I took him aside. I said, Mohammed, what are you doing? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're taking the merchandise from the back. Said, Why don't you just grab it off the front? He said, well, I was reading the labels and the dates are older on the stuff in the front. So I'm going to the newest dates. I said, Mohammed, do you know why it's like that on the table? Because we're trying to get rid of it. He said, in my religion, you can't do that. I said, what? Your religion tells you how to run a business? He said, absolutely. Islam is all-inclusive. It tells us very clearly how to deal with people. Not just how to worship. Because how we deal with each other is worship. It's very important. That was a shock to me. To imagine that somebody would equate a business deal to worship. There was someone who made some change with him and then he realized that they had given him a little too much money. He chased them all the way to the parking lot to give them their change, whatever small amount it was. And I said, what in the world are you doing? He said, well, that was their money. They were entitled to that. I said, a few cents? I mean, you could, you could have a heart attack running out there in the heat like this trying to catch those fish. He said, it didn't matter the amount it matters that it's theirs. And I don't have any need of it. Another thing, we were going along one time and there was some money laying on the ground. Some change. Not much. I said, well, look at there. 
so much money laying there just kind of kidding him we didn't need it but I just pointed there's like quarter nickels pennies he said in Islam you have to leave it you can't touch it because the owner may come back and claim it I said what if somebody else gets it he said well that's that's them it's not us we are not allowed to take something that doesn't belong to us I said this is amazing well let me just ask you a question suppose and now I've presented a hypothetical question I said, suppose that somebody found a briefcase, maybe in a park somewhere, with $100,000 in it. No address, no nothing in it. What would Islam say? He said, you just leave it and go on. I said, what? $100,000 in a briefcase and you're going to walk off and leave it? I don't think so. He said, that's what Islam teaches us. So I decided then and there to check something out. I'm not going to say who it was, but we've known a lot of preachers, evangelical preachers, who go out here and talk about Jesus. And one of me even carries a big cross and goes down the highway with it. I went to my friend, another preacher, and I asked him the exact same question. I said, what would it be if a person found a briefcase with $100,000 in the park? What should they do? He said, it's from Jesus and you should take it and use it for Jesus. It's exactly what he said. And I'm not through. I'm not through. Then he told me he knew of a woman, I think in Kansas, who did find a paper bag with thousands and thousands of dollars, over a hundred thousand dollars, in a park, in a bag. She had a relative who was a policeman. She went to the policeman and said, I found all this cash. And he said, it's probably from a drug deal gone bad or something like that. She said, what should I do with the money? He said, legally, you would take it to the police station, leave it, they'll give you a receipt for it, and if nobody claims it in a year or so many months or whatever, then you can have it. He said, but I will tell you, when you turn it in, there will be a claim for it, and you're never going to see it, because I already know how it works, because he works there. He said, trust me, somebody's going to be driving a new car. <laughs> he, she said, so what should I do? He said, you just keep it, use it any way you want to. She said, well, I sure do thank you. He said, and you should maybe give me 10000 And she did. Now this preacher is telling me what the lady told him. She used the money and she bought horses and carriages and she now owns one of those companies where people ride those carriages around the city. She bought it with that money. That's what he told me. I said, okay, so according to the police and according to the preachers, Bottom line is, A, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. But Islam is teaching, if it's not yours, you have no right to it. Now, in the case where something could perish if it's left out, for instance, if there was a, a big bag of sugar that somebody left, and you know it's going to rain, what's going to happen to sugar is gone. In this case, 
you have to pick it up and put it somewhere dry and make sure that the person who left it there could find it. They could, you know, logically say, well, maybe it could be over here. You could either leave a note or some sign pointing to it, but you still can't even take enough sugar out of there to sweeten your, just to, you know. You could take enough to taste it to see if it's sugar or salt. But beyond that, you can't even sweeten your coffee with it because it's not yours. Did you know that? This is not permissible in Islam to even take a small amount. And this is all part of the behavior of a Muslim. And as I said, we could go on and on and on and talk about the characteristics of a Muslim. But this will suffice for this little program that we're doing here tonight in Upland, California. I hope you'll join us again for more right here in Islam tomorrow. And until next time, remember it's only Allah that guides and whomever He guides will never be misguided. And whomever He allows to go astray, nobody will ever guide that person. So may Allah guide us and guide all the people to the truth. Amen. And now I'm going to give the big salams and let you guys give salam back. Salam alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wow.